All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Text Lab. David Crawl here with the one and only Will Watson. Will, how you doing? D. Crawl, I'm doing great. And for one reason and one reason only, you are going on a hike today and I am not. Wow. That is true. And I'm feeling good because I'm excited about that going on the hike. You know, I was hoping I could get you out there with me, but... Uh, I think you got some other plans that'll be happening. If you get me out on the lake, bro, I'm there. But physical energy to climb up a mountain as one who is afraid by afraid of heights is not the idea of fun for me. I don't think we will be that high in elevation, Will, that you would be scared of heights. But a different type of getting out on the lake will be happening. So welcome to the Text Lab. We are excited to spend a few minutes with you just to help you dive into God's word and what he has to say to us this week. We are going to be in Revelation 12, 1 through 17. So, Will, should we dive in? Let's dive in. All right, this is Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness, to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman who was given the two wings of a great eagle, so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness, where she would be taken care of for a time, times and a half a time, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of its mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Okay, Will, that was a lot. As you approach this this week, where do we even start, man? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important that this is just to think about John's big idea, right? This is one of the most important sections. John summarizes the whole biblical cosmic story in this really cool chapter. Now, the women could be Mary. People differ on this. It could be Mary. It could be the church. We're just going to say, hey, look, 
either one. Like we're going to fly high here. We want to welcome both sides of it here, but it's basically, basically saying the faithful community of God throughout all of history or Mary gives birth to the son who will rule the world, the Messiah. Uh, the church is persecuted. We see a lot of just different things going on. And honestly, a lot of it's like God protecting his children uh, and uh, like in the midst of a war that's taking place in heaven. Like you don't see, you don't see the, the, um, you don't see God's people fighting this war. This is a cosmic battle that's taking place on a big scale in heaven. And so what we end up with is the, it would have hit home for John's readers. It would have been, uh, they, they would have understood Rome as a symbol, like kingdoms. This is ultimately saying, like, how is this war taking place that's actually reflecting what I am, what I'm stepping into on a daily basis? And that's so good because I think as you approach something like what we just read, that suddenly it's like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of detail here. There's a lot of different parts of the story. There's uh, dragon and women and fight the woman and fighting and pregnancy and all these different things. And you're trying to put kind of this together in this story-like way. I think it's important just to take great care that we are staying anchored and true to what was John's original meaning 2,000 years ago to his readers and just avoid trying to read our interpretation into these sections. I immediately think of Lord of the Rings in these sections of some sort of cosmic kind of battles, big battles that are going on. Um, And John was really making a point about the reality of good and evil in our world and the battle that is going on between those two. These really kind of form the center of the book of Revelation. Um, One through three as an introduction, four through 22 are really kind of this main vision that John has. And then chapters 12 through 14 literally fall in the center of the book. And so um, this is kind of a heart of the message of Revelation, of what Revelation is all about, which was really kind of this cosmic battle between good and evil that is getting played out. Yeah, and I think it's important, like, again, we said this last week, John, like, what John is trying to express to his readers is a Christological view of Scripture. Mm. He's saying Jesus is at the center. So regardless of if you think that either the church is the one who births Christ, like, when you think about it from that perspective, Israel birthing out Jesus, the Messiah who is long awaited from Israel, or if you think it's Mary, like it's still centering around Jesus. Like this is the core principle of it all. And we still see just this, the dragon angry because they're not able to touch Jesus, right? Mm. They think they kill him, but Jesus is the one who is, comes out um, as victorious. And I think like that's something we think about too, right? It's like oftentimes we read Revelation in fear. Yeah. And really what this set of scripture is saying is like, actually, you know what, guys? Like there's no reason to fear if Jesus the Messiah is the one who has come. We actually get to rest and like get a front row seat to see this cosmic battle that Jesus has won, he is winning, and will win. And like we get to actually step into that, not that we're fighting against it, like because you don't see any like throughout the book of Revelation, you don't see the church fighting, right? You see the church's blood for those who have been martyred for the faith, but you don't see the church fighting. In fact, we've been saved to be sent into the world, to love the world. Yeah, dude, which is so good to really recognize the reality of this present evil that is around us. But then 
to take great encouragement from verses 10 and from verses 11 that Satan the serpent has been hurled down. And not only has he been hurled down, he's been triumphed over. And the way that he's been triumphed over isn't through our own victory. It's not through our own power, but it's through the blood of the lamb and through believers who are trusting fully, washing their garments in that blood of the lamb. And so like, as we think about the reality of Satan in our lives, to not give him too much credit, to not give him too little credit, but to recognize like, yeah, there's this cosmic battle that is being played out, but ultimately the victory has already been decided. It has already been finished because of what Christ has done on the cross. And how do I continually just daily live in the triumph and the victory of the lamb who has defeated Satan? That's just a a different perspective in our lives. When we think about personal struggle with sin, as we think about geopolitical conflicts that are happening around the world, as we think about um, the present day and future day to recognize that the victory has already been won ultimately in Christ who has conquered, that the kingdom of our God, the authority of our Messiah um, is established and firm, that Jesus does sit on, on the throne. That changes the way that you live. That changes the confidence on which you live um, every single day today, just in our lives. Exactly. Because again, like you have the point of this, you hear in verse 10 and 11 and 12, you hear now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them to the day and night before our God. So I think like, again, like this is such a beautiful picture of like, put yourself in a situation before you standing before God right now in a present reality. And you have the accuser, Satan, who is saying, look at what insert your name is here has done. Look Mm -hmm. at all of this stuff that he has done against you. And Jesus is on the other side and he's saying, I paid for that. And I paid for that. And I paid for that. And in fact, I'm able to, to remove the weight of the accusations that Satan is hurling against you because of the freedom that you have in Christ. And that is the beauty of this text is like, like there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus is like, that's what we see are stepping into here because of who we are in who Jesus is what Jesus has done and how the father has sent the son and how the spirit is now dwelling amongst us, drawing us deeper into those spaces with Jesus. Which is just so good. Well, because it just changes our approach even to how we fight against Satan and his work and his power. I think for a lot of, uh, for a lot of us that feels very mysterious and that feels kind of unknown and very scary, but recognize actually like, oh, there is an enemy who is continually trying to uh, kill, steal, and destroy. He's continually trying to deceive. Um, And as even verse 17 here says, he's enraged because of what has happened on the cross. He's enraged because of what the lamb has done. And he's waging war against the rest of her offspring, against those following Christ who keep God's commands and hold fast to their testimony about Jesus. This this brings up parallels. What I love about Revelation is it's often just quoting lots of other pieces of scripture. And so this brings up these parallels of like a Galatian 5 where the spirit and the flesh war against one another. Um, it brings up these parallels of like in Ephesians 6, where Paul says like our enemy is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so just to really recognize, oh, Satan is trying to rage war against you. 
in all these different ways in your life. Um, not to be afraid of that, but to be aware of that. And so when life feels like a battle, it's because life is a battle. When following Jesus feels hard and difficult, it's because there's an enemy that's trying to keep you from these things. It's the reality of our own sin and depravity. It's the reality of Satan moving against us as well. Um, and there's a real encouragement in recognizing just that that's a reality. Oh, this thing is meant to be hard uh, because an enemy is trying to keep us from Christ. I know I just find encouragement from these verses, recognizing the reality of the victory and the reality of the enemy who is trying to continually come against us and against what Christ's work is doing. Yeah. And man, I think like that's something that should bring rest and peace to our soul Mm. is that honestly, like even Satan being the accuser and even Satan, like with all of the stuff that's happening in the world, um, God is still sovereign over every single one of those things. And that actually like Satan is still on the leash that nothing happens outside of God's purpose for his people. And I think like thinking about it that way changes the narrative when we think about like, oh yeah, like we talk about this all the time at VG. There are no setbacks in the kingdom of heaven, only setups. And I think like, that's what we get to live into in this text of like, yeah, Satan is going to do this in this world. He's going to make things hard. Sin has made things hard, but those are opportunities for us to step into deepness with God. What does that look like? Just think about application from this text. What does that look like just today, this afternoon? Yeah, well, I'm exhausted, so. (laughs) Sounds like you've been fighting a battle out there. Exactly. No, but I I think that it's like, okay, like, God, you in the best of the best days, you're with me and you still are leading and guiding in those days where I feel tired and I feel like I have nothing left to give. You're still with me and you're still just as present in the midst of it. Because I look at this text and I'm reminded that the cosmic battle has that has happened does not change the present reality of who Christ is with me. So that never changes as I am one with Christ. Like I love this Keller quote that I quote often. And he says that when we feel that God is not there, that's actually a reality to tell us that he's always been there. And it's this reminder for me that even in the hard days, he's with me, he's there and he has already won. How about mm, you, Carl? So good, so good. An invitation to rest in that. Hey, yeah, I think for me, um, there's just an invitation, I think, for awareness from these passages, just to, to continue to be aware of the battle. I've been thinking a lot about ways that I can be lulled to sleep in my in my life with God and even in um, our spiritual lives with God. And it's really, I mean, even this is referencing uh, back in some sense to like a, a Paul in Ephesians 5 to like awake, O sleeper, and Christ will shine on you. Just to be awake is kind of the call, I think, of of all of Revelation to recognize the reality uh, that is all around us that we don't often think or see in these different terms. But actually, no, this is what's going on. This is what has happened. There is this cosmic battle that has been played out, is being played out. Jesus is sitting on his throne. And to live in that reality, that changes your day. That changes your week when that's the reality of your life, not almost being lulled to sleep by just distractions, by the ins and outs of daily life, um, but to really just live in a way 
uh, to say, Spirit, help me just to be attentive to you. Help me just to be aware of what you're doing. Um, what, God, really, what are you inviting me into so today? So really what that is means is I'm just going to give Jackson that trumpet right over there, and he could just make sure that you stay awake. That would that would keep me awake. That would keep me awake and keep him in time out. So let's not do that. Um, hey, for you, the listener, thank you for joining us today. Um, our hope is that this really just helps to prepare you to dive into God's word uh, for us this week in your group. Um, as you read and study on your own, we hope that this is helpful to you. As always, a big shout out to Ryan who puts the text guide together. And big shout out to the man behind the mic who gets us all dialed and set up, Zach Service. But as always, do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you and know that you are the one who is sent by God this week to your family, to your school, your work, your coffee shop, to the gym, and to soccer practice, wherever your Pray Watch community might be, and wherever God invites you to go, where you are sent to be the living proof of our loving God. We love you all. We'll catch you next time on the Text Lab.